0: Welcome to episode two of Rising Tide Startups. And I have a special guest with me today, a longtime friend, Nathan Mills. Nathan, thanks for joining us today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: So tell our listening audience just to give us a little short bio, a quick bio. Yes,
1: yeah, so my name's Nathan Mills again, and I'm a classical guitarist. Um, I've started playing guitar when I was. In eighth grade, got both my bachelor's and master's degrees in classical guitar performance. And now I work for myself creating um, classical guitar video content and teaching
0: privately. So that's quite an extensive background. So tell me how you transitioned from classical guitar to playing uh, Prisoner of Zelda. <laughs> uh so yeah, I you
1: know the main area that 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 I kind of explore now in this Beyond the Guitar project is music from movies, TV shows, and video games. Um, and so that just basically grew out of growing up. I've always loved you know those things. I've loved video games, loved movies, and and so basically it was just combining. The idea spawned out of just combining those. Two things that I that I love, you know, and th- there's some really beautiful and elaborate music that goes into, you know, these these movies and these games, and right. you know, I thought it was worth exploring on the instrument that I love.
0: So give me your give me your one minute elevator pitch on on this transition from just you know playing music you love to actually making a business of it. Yeah, so I would say you know when anybody asked what Beyond the Guitar is,
1: um, basically. I make music videos uh, that feature my own personal arrangements of music from movies, TV shows, and video games. So I'll, I'll adapt something that I hear. It might be for orchestra. It might be for, you know, whatever form it takes in its original source material. I convert it to just be able to be played on one guitar, um, and again, I I make music videos on different social media platforms for that. And the the long-term goal is that, you know, I I want beyond the guitar to be, I want to be the classical guitarist when, when it comes to just the movie, video game and TV world, you know, in in hopes of eventually doing more providing music for those um, areas as
0: well. I mean, it's, it's hard to tell on the, on the audio, but your background right now is is the background that kind of changes <laughs> from video to video, and I it is it is such a classic and, and cool background. I, I love looking at each of your videos and think you know how is he going to change the, the, pictures in the background? But right, I
1: call it the it's the nerd shrine. Is that well, okay? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so when did when did this transition? So how long ago did it really transition from from like a hobby to more of a, a business enterprise?
1: Yeah. So I officially started, we just kind of passed the two year mark is when I officially was like, okay, I'm going to give this a, a real shot. You know, I, before that, you know, I was working a, a full time job at a bank, you know, totally unrelated. It was a job, you know, I needed a job, so I got a job. Um, and I played around with, with making little short videos back when Vine was a thing, mm. um, I would actually a lot of people that were lasted, making what, about six about a month? second.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> that lasted about a month. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> I
1: mean, it, yeah, it, it it died really fast. I mean, it, it was around for a while, but it yeah, it tanked really fast. It was crazy. Um, but anyway, a lot of musicians were making little six second cover because that's all you had was six right. seconds. Right. was Vine. So it was a really weird medium for musicians but a lot of people were using it so i jumped on there and it was a way it was just enough to where i could do like like a theme from zelda you know i could do six seconds and that was it you know so that was where i got my feet wet but that was just kind of for fun um but yeah it was officially two years ago an opportunity opened up to where i was able to free up time to really explore this
0: so this this uh and it was more the more than a hobby because it's really i mean you've you've trained professionally to to be able to do this so but what was really the inspiration to say hey i can make a living with these with these movie themes or i can make a living with these these you know these kind of self created soundtracks was there something that happened was there someone in particular that you kind of looked to and said hey i, I could do this right
1: um yeah i think i mean the first impetus was that you know, I was at a job that I didn't love. You know, I had all this training in music and that was my first love and I was in a situation where I took this job because I was, you know, I was married, I needed to provide for for my family. Right. Um, and so I, I wanted to do more with music. I always wanted to do something with music but I just didn't know what that was gonna look like. Um, I wanted the flexibility of working from home and and working for myself, that was always something that I loved the concept of. So what happened was there was a part-time teaching job that opened up um, that gave me basically the freedom to to quit my my full-time job at mm-hmm. the bank and take this part-time job just to, to pay the bills. And it opened up, you know, like 20-some hours a week to be able to work on this project. And, um, you know, I think – the reason I chose this specifically was, was because you know, people talk about that, that kind of the Venn diagram of, of doing, I mean, it takes different forms. You hear people explain it in different ways, but you know, it can be kind of what you, what you love and what people will pay for. Right. And there's this little, this little middle ground right have, in the middle. You know, right. Where Your
0: skill set intersects that, yeah.
1: Exactly. So this concept of playing you know, music from movies, TV shows and video games, like it's relevant, it's right. popular, people like it and it's true to what I love, right? I'm not being untrue to myself. You know, if I was to go and play like pop music personally, that's not m- what I enjoy. Mm-hmm. So whereas that would be relevant, that's not what I love. So this fit perfectly within in classical guitar. That's where my expertise lie. So I knew it was something that had potential. People have done it in the past, mostly on other instruments. There haven't been too many really guitarists who have risen up in this niche. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I knew there was potential there. Um, And, you know, I think just seeing other people making it with other instruments, I was like, you know what, it's kind of a now or never type situation. I just need to try it. Otherwise, I'll regret it.
0: Mais uh, tu parles français aussi um-puh, um-puh. <laughs> I I a you. lot
1: more. I, I used to speak it a lot more.
0: <laughs> I heard you say niche instead of niche. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I always forget, you know, what oh, the, great. the Americanized
0: version. Absolutely great. Yeah. We, we <laughs> appreciate the, the French pronunciation on our pocket. You You're very, very welcome. We're eclectic. We're, in that, we're international. <laughs> That's right. So where did the name Beyond the Guitar come from?
1: Yeah. So I, I'm I'm so bad at naming things. I you know, like I, I really not. It. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, but I thought about it. It was, it, it was this process that took a long, I was racking my brain, brainstorming this name. Um, and you know, it was also like, sometimes artists will just go by their actual name, you know, so I could have just right. been, you know, Nathan Mills guitar or something, but, um, I wanted it to be more of a brand so that eventually I could Pivot to more instructional content and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And so I thought it'd be a better fit to actually just have more of a brand name. And so Beyond the Guitar spins off the concept of basically that I'm just playing music from beyond the guitar's normal scope, right? So I'm not playing music that you would typically hear on the guitar. Um, And, and, you know, it plays on the concept as well of, of trying to kind of push the limits of the guitar as well, you know, like. You know, if I play Star Wars music, for example, that's normally for a full orchestra, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to boil it down to one guitar. Um, so that is, you know, you're kind of forcing yourself to push what's possible with just, you know,
0: one instrument and two hands. All right. I right. We're going to touch on this at, near the end of the interview, but uh, our listening audience, I would highly encourage you to go on YouTube and, and search Beyond the Guitar and just, just take a sample of the of the multitude of videos that are on there and just just see the talent level. Um you're going to really wonder how I got this guy on my podcast as the, as our first interview but <laughs> it is uh it is amazing the the work you do. So let's transition a little bit to like the financial goals that you had in mind. Um you know a lot of people will say, well when my side business reaches you know, seventy-five percent of what I was making with my with my day job, I'll transition. Or did you have anything in mind like that when you when you were going through the the last couple of years and think, okay, when can I make the switch completely?
1: Yeah, um so it's kind of happened in phases. So the first phase was like I talked about I, I totally left the day job. We we did my wife and I, you know, at the time it was just us. We do have an 18 month old now but at the time it was just us and so we did take a bit of a pay cut by leaving that and taking on the part-time job um so there was a bit of a gap to fill um basically the the goal we knew that things were going to be slow for a while um the the main goal that we put was that within i think we said it was either we were going to visit, revisit it in a year, year and a half, just to see. I, I didn't put any really strict financial goal on right. it. It was because, again, I knew it was going to take time to build back to where I needed it to be. But we basically just said, if it looked like it was growing in a year and a year and a half to where it could be sustainable, we're going to keep it going, keep grinding. Um, and then it did grow to a point, you know, I, I think my My goals have changed since then to where um, I guess, yeah, now two years in, it was a matter of I have a private studio as well. So I teach now what I do is kind of 50-50 creating video content and then just teaching. Like private lessons. Um, Right. So it did get to the point where I was able to quit that one part-time job that I was doing, that teaching job. So then it was just purely private studio and making video. So at that point, yeah, it was a matter of just the numbers. Um, The goal was to replace that income. Um, And so, uh, yeah, I mean, we've gotten to the point now two years in uh, where we've met every goal that we we hope to meet as Mm -hmm.
0: far as sustainability. So, um, yeah. Well, so let me ask you this were you surprised that you met those goals as quickly as you did? Or did you really see that there was a pathway that I was on that I I mean, it was a kind of a steady increase, I could see that other artists had done this? Or was you really woke up one day and said, Wow, you know, what happened?
1: Yeah, I was, I mean, I think I was very surprised. I mean, I still I talk about it all the time to, to my wife, Becca. And you know, sometimes it just hits me like, I honestly just can't believe that what I'm doing is, is working. Cause I mean, you know, nothing happens overnight and there's still, you know, there's still lots of ways that I'm like, Oh man, I I really want to grow here. And I wish this was moving faster. And you can think about all these different things, but at the end of the day, you know, this is what I'm doing for a living. And so sometimes it does, it just hits me. And I'm like, wow, like I, yeah, I, I really didn't expect in two years to be, um, where I am. And and you know a lot of that going into it I had a lot of doubts just in terms of you know you hear especially in the music industry there's a lot of people who are really skeptical and and mm-hmm. they're they're kind of bitter because things haven't worked out for them and so they kind of impose that on you and so there's all this doubt when whenever you try to do something less conventional um but and and also initially my my concept was to be more instructional at first and right. and I've had to put that on hold for some different issues like copyright and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And so then I was even more surprised to know that I was able to make this, you know, the value that I provide is purely um, it, it's just by giving music. So it's, it's purely whatever value people get out of my music. I'm not, I'm not providing any sort of, you know, instructional content or anything like that. So I was definitely surprised that, you know, I was able to make a living purely just by, you know, however you want to label it, entertaining people basically. Right, right. Um,
0: that so, was the big shocker too. So that, that begs the question, um, how do you, are what are the copyright laws on what you do? What are, how does that, um, how do you operate within the confines of the constraints of the music industry? You know, if you're using some of their soundtracks and.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a mess. I, uh, yeah, I was terrified going into it because there's so much gray area, you right. know, when it comes to Fair to music and laws and stuff especially. like that. Yeah. yeah, I met with a, a an entertainment lawyer when I first started, mm-hmm. just to kind of run through all these concerns because I wanted to be able to provide my one of the things is I wanted to be able to teach what I'm playing, and so that involved providing the sheet music. Um, to to people and selling the sheet music for yeah, for the arrangements that, yeah. that I'm making. So that was the big that was going to be my big selling point at first. I was going to do tutorials and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And basically for any type of, of media, whether I'm providing the sheet music, whether I'm making videos, whether I'm making recordings, if I'm using other people's copyright material, there's there's a specific license you need for each of those. And it's incredibly difficult for it's it's the most difficult to get the the print licensing to give the sheet music. Mm. Um, the video licensing is also very uh, difficult and expensive. The, there's a lot of platforms that handle the recording license. So if I want to do a cover album, right, um, that's a lot easier now because there are companies that kind of automate that and they'll right. do the licensing for you. But as far as you know, video and the print, eh, there's not as much. That kind of hasn't kept up with. Mm-hmm. So basically, what happens is, like on YouTube, when I put up a YouTube video, technically I need the permission of whoever owns the copyright of, you know, if the the song that I'm covering mm-hmm. to be able to put that video up. Technically, right now, pretty much nobody does that because it's just not practical to have to wait, and you know, there's just not the step proper steps in place. Um, and so basically, what you just do is you put your video up on YouTube, and uh worst case scenario they'll they'll you know the algorithm will pick it up and the the copyright holder will um most often just share revenue with you right. they'll share ad revenue worst case scenario they'll they'll tell you to take it down right. but I've or never experienced down, yeah. that yeah. yeah so i think it's kind of the industry seems to have embraced this gray area mm-hmm. to where it's like we could sue you, but we probably won't. Right, yeah. <laughs>
0: it's and it's like I mean, do you do you give attribution to the artists on the videos, or is I mean, is it just kind of understood attribution? I mean, I don't know. If I, yeah, I, I mean, in, so my, about this, in my in so. my
1: video descriptions, I'll always put like who the composer is, right. and yeah, because right. of course, I want to pay respect to that as a musician myself. Sure. You know, I would hope that that people would give me that same respect so yeah most definitely and and I lots of times end up talking to the composers as well and anytime I've had an interaction with a a composer whose music I've I've performed you know it's always really positive Mm -hmm. so it really is I mean ultimately it's it's a win-win you know when I play this type of music it ends up getting people excited about that game and you know oh I want to buy this game now or Or even the original soundtrack yeah Right, so really it is a win-win. You know, I feel like the only time something really negative happens is for whatever reason when some publisher decides to make an example of somebody, you know. So, yeah, there is always that fear that something, you know, they could try to go after me for something. But, again, so many people are doing it, and it seems like everybody's kind of embraced, like I said, this gray area.
0: Might reduce YouTube to like eight videos of, of puppies or something. If it, Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly, yeah. I mean, there's so much... You know,
1: cover so many cover videos out there again, and and again, it's a win win. So
0: yeah, yeah, but there's but, so few good ones. I mean, there's there's so many covers yeah. and so few good ones. So <laughs> right, there's, there's, yeah, You got to sit through a lot there. of duds. So so tell me your let's 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 kind of circle back here. Tell me your your lowest point since you started beyond the guitar from a from a business standpoint.
1: Yeah, I I think that so actually your, revolves your around what we were top. talking about when I was. First, back in the early phases, probably the first six months, I was still wrestling, trying to figure out how to make this, you know, instructional, and and trying to get all the licensing for all of these, um, to get the print licensing to be able to publish these, um, the sheet music in, in uh, on a wider scale. Um, basically, I ended up working individually with this one publisher who used this middleman for their licensing, um, and so. I, I approached them. I said, "Hey, I want to sell the sheet music for my arrangement of your song. Um, how do we go about doing that?" And so I was going through the process with them. It was going to be they were gonna the publisher was gonna take 50% of the sales, uh, the middleman was gonna take 25% of the sales, and so I was gonna be left with 25%. So I was already wrestling with that. Like that was a pretty hard hit. <laughs> um, and then the middleman, who shall remain nameless. Uh, <laughs> really were not holding up their end of the deal. They were slowing down the process. Um, I had already navigated through one of these processes before without a middleman, and so I was like, you know, we really don't need you, and you're slowing things down. I was, it was supposed to go up, and they, they made a mistake and delayed it, so I actually went to the publisher myself and said, you know, hey, like, these Can guys are slowing do this, us down. Yeah. Can we just work something out ourselves? And word got back to the middleman and basically, they threatened to, you know, sue me for slander and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And they basically they sent me this long email, basically just bullying me down. And uh, it was just, it was my worst experience in the music industry. Just really, the first time I just really went head to head with somebody that had zero compassion for what you know what I was doing mm-hmm. whatsoever. Because I was trying to do it the right way. You know, so many, you know, you know, the majority of the times. People will just sell their sheet music without trying to get permission or sure. anything like that and uh, so I was desperately trying to do it the right way I was getting roadblocks every every which way and then I got told basically like you need to keep your mouth shut or we're gonna you know take you for everything you're worth you wow. I was like whoa and so that just hit me really hard because I, I just it made me question everything that I was doing
0: mm-hmm. and and so yeah if there was a low I mean if there was a low point it was definitely that. Well, I think you touched on it. I mean, I've, I've known you for a long time and I know your character. And, and I think that, you know, you said that you were trying to go through the proper channels and you were trying to to operate uh, in the light or above board, so to speak. And and it, it's difficult to, you know, when you encounter that in, in the business world, and we will. We're going to encounter right. that, you know, often, um, sadly. But, um, you know, I appreciate you trying to take the high road and, and you know, trying to walk, um, you know, through that in a, in a way that shows character. But uh, right. so tell me, let's see, I hate to hate to just, you know, what's the low note and leave it there. I mean, I had a, <laughs> yeah. a basketball coach in high school that would never let us leave the court until we made the final shot. So, you know, you want to you want to start start wrapping up on a high note. So tell right. me your tell me your highest high that you had since you started beyond the guitar.
1: Uh, yeah, there's there's been a lot of exciting things you know where it's creating this type of content it's kind of like a roller coaster you know is where you know you can have a video that performs really well and all this crazy stuff that's happening and you know the the buzz and the hype around it just you know gets you super excited every little like that you're getting just is a little endorphin rush you know like all the you know the way that it works dopamine or something Um, yeah right so you're kind of like um, and then of course, you know, that dies down real quick the way the internet works. And, you know, so again, it's a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of really cool moments like that, but I'd say probably, you know, the moment was kind of touching back to what we talked about before where, you know, I realized that this is what, this is my job. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, it was, it was distinctly, it was like one night I remember, um, it was already, I would already quit the part-time job that I took Mm -hmm. to start this thing. So I was basically my videos and my private teaching had already come to the point where it was totally self-sustaining. So I'd already reached the point where this was my job. And it was probably like, you know, a month or two later that I just had this realization. I was sitting working on an uh, arrangement, working on some music at like midnight. And it just hit me that, Like this was literally my job and here I am working at midnight (laughs) and it didn't even like it didn't even phase me at all. I was like, you know, if if I was working in my previous job at midnight, I would have been miserable. Mm. I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I at midnight? Well, if you were at at the
0: bank at midnight, you might have been arrested. So, right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
1: But so, yeah, I think that was like having that realization of just how fortunate and blessed that I, I was to be in that position to be doing what I love, um, you know, and for it to be sustainable, for it to be putting food on my family's table and to just be at the point where work didn't feel like work, right. you know. Of course, you know, there's always aspects of the job that feel like work. But, you know, sure. at, at that moment, it was just like I was just enjoying it. Um, and yeah, it was just a really cool moment that was a couple months late, but.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, the, the adage that says, you know, find what you love and you'll never work another day in your life. Uh, that's true to a point, but certainly there's, there's, you know, there's drudgery tasks in everything that we do. So you, there's admin stuff, there's, you know, bookkeeping, oh, yeah. all this, the things you got to do to get prepared to, to do your art, so to speak. Right.
1: But, yeah. There's a lot many parts of this job that I'm not good at and that are not with (laughs) lie within my passion, but, but it were, it's worth it for those parts that, that do.
0: Absolutely. So, so the basic premise of our podcast is we, we want to engage our listening audience by, uh, you know, during the interview there may be two or three like pain points that are, that are highlighted during the interview that we want to offer up to our listeners to say, Hey, what's some advice you could give our interview guest that uh maybe they could put into play for say the next six months and then let us circle back with our interview guest six months from now and say hey did that have a positive impact on what you were trying to do with with beyond the guitar in essence so can you identify say two or three like major pain points that you struggle with they may be financial pain points they may be social media promotion pain points i mean I don't want to lead you too much on this, but what are two or three things? Two or three things that you could identify that that uh, we could, you know, give input on, and that would that would possibly help you kind of move to that next level with beyond the guitar.
1: Right. Um, yeah, I think probably number one would be dealing with again this goes back to what i was just saying where a lot of part of the, lots of aspects of this job are not don't fall within my my skill set so like you know playing the algorithms on these different platforms for example you know youtube and and facebook are two of my you know main platforms those are my main focuses and they both play by very different rules and you know it's it's kind of a mystery figuring out exactly how they operate, how to make sure you're showing up where you need to show up in terms of suggested videos and recommended videos, how long your video should be, how to make sure that, you know, everybody's engaging with your your content so that it it shows up, you know, high in the search rankings. All those types of things I'm I'm kind of figuring out as I go and but that's been um because I I am an analytical person to a point, mm-hmm. but not to the extent where you know, some people can really nerd out about figuring out these algorithms and hacking these algorithms and they, and that's, they get excited about that. And, and that's not where I'm at. So it's, it's always been kind of a struggle to just kind of figure out how to, how to make those things work for me. So that'd probably be number one. Um, And then number two, I think, since I'm still kind of new to this entrepreneurial concept still, even two years in, you know, I definitely feel very new to it. And I I don't think by nature being a businessman or an entrepreneur is necessarily in my DNA. You know, I think first and foremost, I'm a musician. And so, and, um, not all of those skills go hand in hand. You know, I think that's where a lot of musicians suffers because, you know, we, we spend so much time developing these skills with our music that, we're not necessarily very skilled or knowledgeable when it comes to how do we really market ourselves and how do we, um, you know, all these concepts. So I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, number two would probably mainly be balancing my roles as an entrepreneur. Like, how do I find that balance and, and workflow efficiency to be able to, um, I guess, manage my time through all these different hats that I have to wear? Right, right. Um, as well, you know, like I'm not a social media guru either. So, you know, it's figuring out exactly
0: like how much where time and to spend. when to post. Right. Yeah. When to do. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So, so the two that, I mean, if we had to boil these two down, the first would be like, uh, best ways to maybe promote the video to cause it to rise in the rankings, cause it to increase visibility, those types of things. It's, it's really, I mean, I, um, from my, you know, amateur, social media mind. I'm thinking it's almost like video SEO, but, but it's more than that. It's, it's more than just search engine optimization. It's, it's how do we, you know, and just it's, it's promoting it in a broader scale. But the the second thing is really just kind of this work life balance that how do you, you know, how do I balance my art with, with the, just the requirements of of running a business in essence. And I mean, I, I think those are great, great questions. And, I'll be interested to hear what the uh, input is from our from our rising tide audience. So, yeah, let's let's transition to a couple of uh, just just final questions. This is called called the life quad area of our interview process, and uh, just four kind of personal questions just to let us get to know you a little better. Um, number one, who's who's one person online that you follow closely that you would say has really inspired you? Yeah, I
1: think, you know, yeah. there have been a lot of people who have inspired me along the way, but if I had to point to like the first person who really kind of started it all would be, um, and you can say Coch- Stevie Ray,
0: Stevie Ray Vaughan or that's right. <laughs> yeah.
1: that's right. Eddie Van Halen, yeah, right. uh, no, so Graham Cochran, he runs, uh, the recording com. Um, so I met Graham back through, um, when I used to play in the worship band for my church, we recorded an album. This was years ago back when I was still in college. We recorded um, an album and we just recorded it in my home. And we brought in this guy, Graham, who was kind of a, he was a producer and he helped us produce the album. um, And he was affiliated with with our church, but he was in in another uh, location in Tampa. And um, so I met him then and I knew he had this blog. He had the Recording Revolution blog. You know, I thought it was kind of a side gig, you know, a side hustle, which at the time it kind of might have been, I don't remember exactly his timeline. Um, But then years later, you know, this was like probably six months before I decided to start Beyond the Guitar, Mm -hmm. I saw on Facebook, he posted this like, hey, I was featured on Business Insider and it was this article basically about how he has created this massively successful blog, the recording Um, and so I had no idea the the extent of the success that he's had with this, you know, it's, it's, it's his bread and butter and beyond, you know, Mm -hmm. that's all he does now. Um, and it just kind of, that's what kind of hit me to where I was like, wow, you know what? Like this is possible because it was the first person that I knew who had kind of struck out into this, um, you know, online music entrepreneurial space. Right. And, you know, he wasn't only succeeding, but he was succeeding in spades. He was, he was doing very well. And, you know, I was really excited for him when I heard that. And, and it just, yeah, it gave me hope to be like, Hey, you know, like there's no guarantees, but you know, if, if he can do it, you know, there's, there's a chance that I can too. And of course he had a great story too. He got, you know, he got laid off from, he worked for a startup and then he was like, I'm just going to start this blog. And, you know, over time it mm-hmm. built from there. So it was a very, um, just his story really inspired me as well. Wow.
0: So what's a, what's a life quote that you would say that you, you try to live by just a kind of a one line quote. And and why is that special to you? Yeah. Um, I've got, I've got a bunch of quotes that I, huh? You can have more than one, but.
1: Yeah, yeah, I have a bunch of quotes that I kind of try to keep readily available. One that's become, let's see here, I'm going to pull it up. I have them like on my, ready to go like on my notes here for when I need some good reminders. One of them that's become really relevant for me, like starting, especially starting out beyond the guitar or anytime I want to venture off into something kind of unfamiliar within the scope of what I'm doing now, it's this uh, Shakespeare quote that I actually came across. Um, I wish I could say that I just read Shakespeare and <laughs> like, Oh, this is nice. This is a good quote.
0: Was uh, reading Shakespeare. I'm sure it's like
1: an in- inspirational Instagram post or something probably, it's but a bumper sticker. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but it goes, our doubts are traitors and makes and make us lose the good we oft might win by fearing to attempt. Wow. Um, so again, that's our doubts are traitors and make us lose the good we might oft win by fearing to attempt. Um, and so, yeah, that just really hit me like, because that was the biggest thing. I would have started this way sooner if I didn't have so much doubt. Mm-hmm. You know, if I didn't question and question, nah, that'll never work. Like, um, And so doubt can be so crippling. And so that was just that was a good reminder for me and remains a good
0: reminder. That may lead into the next question. So. What advice would you give your pre-beyond-the-guitar self if you could go back and and advise Nathan Mills two years ago and say, okay, do this instead? This is something that you you need to really keep in mind. Yeah, that exactly leads
1: into it. I think it would be start sooner. Yeah, like just start. Even once I'd finally stopped uh, making excuses and I finally was like, all right, I'm going to give this a shot. Even then, I spent the better part of a couple months probably just like prepping and mm-hmm. researching and you know all this stuff just to like postpone just because I just like I'm not ready I need to make sure this is perfect this is perfect this is perfect mm. honestly I, if I could go back and tell you know college Nathan I would say start now like it's it's never and that's what wow. um, you know that's what I tell anybody who asked me for advice like especially young like guitarists who are studying, getting their degrees now, mm-hmm. you know, and they're asking for advice, career advice, you know, I say, like, start now, like, it's never too early, you know, we feel like we're in this kind of bubble, especially in college, where, okay, we're just pre- preparing, you know, getting my degree, but, you know, especially the way the world works now with social media and, um, you know, you have access to a world worldwide audience, um, it's never too early to, to start,
0: so. Right. There's a there's a great Reed Hoffman quote, the guy that started LinkedIn, mm-hmm. and he said, "If you're not embarrassed by your first product, you've waited too long." <laughs> I love I that. Thought that what yeah. really fits in what you were saying. So I think that's just great advice for for all of our listening audiences. Is, is you know, I love that Shakespeare quote talking about you know letting your doubts kind of kind of derail you in essence, and and it is an, an issue of of just step out there and get started and adjust as you need to be it's a little bit of the idea of a minimum viable product you you launch the product and you test and you hypothesize and you adjust and you reset you know as the as the train's moving instead of waiting until the the train is completely built before you you or you launch it down the track so right so is there anything else that um our listeners would would like to know about you that i haven't asked is there any any other unique little tidbit that you want to add to the to the end of this interview
1: hmm um I don't know you know I'm basically just a nerd who sits down in my man cave and makes music just you know, most of the time <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but uh no I would I, I guess I don't know any parting thing I would say um would be if you're not a gamer if you don't play video games that is 100 percent okay but you should be listening to video game music because it is amazing so that's probably that's one thing that i that's i try to preach to uh you know like uh even i i joke with my mom about this you know because she you know growing up she was always a little hesitant about me playing video games and stuff like that which you know i understand right it can be uh it can be a time a time suck mm. but uh um, so even now, you know, I'll put up a video of playing something from one of these video games that I used to even play growing up. And she's like, you're telling me that when you were sitting there plinking around on your Game Boy, this is the gorgeous music that was coming out? And I was like, well, it sounded different back then. But <laughs> but yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I think sometimes there is for people who aren't gamers, there is still this kind of stigma behind sometimes that well, it's just video game music, but yeah, right, in I your mean, your mom's
0: basement, you know, and with the, with the lights turned down.
1: That's right. So whether you, whether you play video games or not, you know, I think, you know, video game music is up there with, cause a lot of people are into movie soundtracks. Um, right. so again, even though this isn't really a tidbit about me, this is again, where my passions lie. And so I always encourage everybody, there's so much good music out there. So don't limit yourself just based on whether it's, you know, whether you play the game or not, or whether you watch the movie or not,
0: you know, well, Nathan, that I, I love the way you've wrapped it up, and uh, I love the, the advice that you've given our listeners today. And thank you again so much for just taking the time. I know that this, we're fitting this in between your your, uh, your private lesson schedule and probably trying to prepare for your, your next video. But it's just been a pleasure talking to you today. And once again, guys, um, go to beyondtheguitar.com. It's, uh, Nathan's website. Uh, beyond the guitar is also on YouTube and Nathan, how else could they get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, just beyond the guitar, everything, the website has kind of taken a back seat. So probably the best way is, yeah, youtube.com slash beyond the guitar. You can find me Facebook at beyond the guitar, uh, Instagram and Twitter. Everything is beyond the guitar.
0: Nathan, thanks for, uh, joining us today and we're going to wrap it up and uh listening audience we just want to give you a reminder that um now it's your turn your turn to go onto our website and and add some feedback to the obstacles and pain points that nathan identified today and let's just help uh nathan rise beyond the guitar because remember all boats rise in a rising tide thanks nathan thank you you.